to look it has to look good. good. Out of the way, boys. <laughs> I feel like a designer. Yeah. And I think we need more of that. Yeah, there we- it is. <laughs> this is a podcast for creators. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Subi and Kate Circling Back, a podcast for creatives, hosted by myself and Kate. Hi, everybody. And uh, we are here at Comic Con Cape Town, <laughs> day two. <laughs> I've said it a couple times today. I've said it many times. <laughs> um, and it's the end of the day, um, the end of the second day. Lots of fun stuff to see. And more specifically, lots of really cool artists to sit and have nice chats with. Over here, we've got someone that I met at Comic Con Africa back in Joburg last year. The great now Lady Rampel. <laughs> <laughs> the great one! <laughs> I'm not happy that was amazing like that. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, I was I wanted, not expecting that at all. <laughs> I wanted to see the the, the, the rough, like the, the, the angry face like break. <laughs> so that's good. Thank you. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, Naledi, please uh, tell us about yourself. Hi. A little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm Naledi, as they've just ex- um, explained. Uh, I run a store here at Comic Con called Antares the Spectre. And uh, the story behind that is quite simply that I think of myself as a ghost, someone that doesn't have that much of an impact, but uh, at the same time, I'm also, my name means star. So the star that I find myself the most attracted to is called Antares, it's in the constellation Scorpius, and I just felt like it has a really nice ring to it, a really good connection between myself and that star. I mean, that's beautiful. Thanks for so much. Yeah, that's like, it's very good. Yeah, like. yeah. all right, cool. And uh, so, like, you're excited about Comic-Con? How's, uh, how's it been so far? Uh, this one has been a lot better than last year in terms of just my preparation and uh, what I've got uh-huh. to present here. But also, I think that the energy in Cape Town is a bit more... It's a bit more calm, uh-huh, so yeah. it, it is a bit easier for me to get around. I struggle with um, autism, so I... I tend to get overwhelmed in social situations, okay. speaking to people constantly, that kind of thing. So today, I mean, this Comic Con has been a lot easier on me in that regard, okay. especially because I do have last year's experience to fall back on. There we go. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's amazing. That's oh man, amazing. that's really cool. Um, I mean, I want to get into your art because yeah. I love it. But I'm wondering how you describe it. Like, what would you like? How would you describe it? Antares the Spectre is inspired by anime, manga, video games, and the occult. I think that's, that's how okay. I would describe okay. it. So there is a level of, I do want to have like supernatural elements, a little bit of horror, creepiness, yeah. um, just things that are a little bit unsettling. So I do enjoy drawing um, characters who have black sclera instead of white, um, horns, okay. that kind of thing. Just a lot of interesting... Yeah, edgy I think elements. the characters are very edgy. Like, I think that's what I love about it the most. Yeah. Thank you so it's much. Like, it's they're very unique, and they're in, like they're not like sinister dark, but there is like that like I always want to say like alternative edge about them. Yeah. But I love those kind of stuff. So it's like right about it. Definitely. So Naledi, um, when you were when you were developing the style for Antares, the Spectre, um, what were the early influences that that got you to to, to tune your art, the art style into this uh, in this direction. Influences, specifically um, anime titles like Bleach. 
Uh, the big, the big knives. Uh, one thing that I did notice, and after the fact, so yeah. like recently, was that an anime called Witchblade is actually one of the biggest inspirations in terms of how my characters look. Okay. Um, it featured a lot of um, female characters who would engage in warfare, transform, and have a dark, sinister-ish kind of feel to their character. And they also have markings that have, um, again, the black sclera with the unnaturally colored eyes. Uh -huh. I do like uh, something that's a little bit off-putting, if that okay. makes sense. Just a little bit scary. Oh, okay. Um, I like that. A nice little dash of, of horror. Just a dash of horror. <laughs> just a dash oh. of horror. Other influences include my experiences with the occult, so tarot cards, astrology, oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. that kind of thing. And then... I do used to have a big thing for astronomy, so I used to be interested in stars and planets, yeah. and that also gave me a leeway into looking into mythology. Yeah. So that's also a big influence. You know about that show that's coming? Uh, coming out? So it's a movie called Knights of the Zodiac. I have heard of that. I have, but I haven't really seen any trailers or looked into. Uh. I just remembered it now. Um, and I was just thinking, like, maybe since you like love this already, maybe you're going to tell me all about the show. <laughs> I, I, I heard nothing about it. Just so I see, I, like, the posters show up on my uh, Instagram feed a lot. And I'm always just like, why are you showing me this? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, okay, so, like, with the accounts, that's, like, really interesting. I'm really, I'm really a big fan of any sort of documentary about cults specifically and i know the occult is like like dark magic and like um uh, reading someone's palms and like creating a concoctions to like make somebody making a love potion right Something it involves like more i mean that can fall into it because that generally falls under witchcraft which would be considered a cult okay but that also includes um mythological stories yeah. it includes um no basic ideas and motifs that come from certain religions uh -huh. so a lot of the religion that I lean into is like pagan religion okay. less so than Christian iconography even yeah. though Christian iconography as well can also be considered occult okay. if that makes sense uh -huh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. so like with my characters the idea is that they're angels but not in the traditional sense where you imagine uh, do not be afraid or you imagine yeah. Yeah. Uh, white wings it's yeah. more horned angels because I'd imagine that if Satan is a fallen angel he is not very different from what he looked like before okay. and if, if he's a red guy with horns then chances are a lot of his brethren were people with horns if that makes sense well. yeah. but like it's, it's a very loose understanding of um, trying to blur the lines between angel and demon it's ah, no, like really that. interesting thank you sure where did this like passion for this kind of stuff come from like has it always been something that you've been interested in as a kid or like as a child I did watch a bunch of documentaries um, a lot of them were Christian leaning so things about the book of revelations I read the book of revelations I thought it was wild I thought it was it absolutely is, it is quite wild <laughs> no, seven heads and 12 it's, it's, tongues there's a lot happening there. there and then Percy Jackson series reading stuff like that as a child okay. was also a big opening into like this kind of um, this kind of realm that yeah. makes sense uh, I did find that a lot of my early experiences as a kid involved just reading because I used to read quite a lot okay. and so I'd read a bunch of random things and just retain those bits of information and then being exposed to anime that also has a lot of religious and occult oh, yeah, lots of symbolism it's just, and yeah. it just kept building up on, on top yeah. of each other 
um, a lot like along with the reading and like the, the literature do you, do you ever read anything um, written by or about Alistair Crowley I have read a little bit about Alistair Crowley and at some point I did want to have a look at the satanic bible but uh -huh. I kind of leaned away from that to get more into chaos magic because oh. I feel like I enjoy the openness, the open-endedness of chaos magic and how a lot of it relies on the individual tapping into the thing that connects them to everybody else. So there's a level of like connectivity to everything else that also it allows you to sort of rely on your own instinct. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Okay, now, back to the art. Back to like the, the art, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I got, um, how many know your process? Yeah, Look, the, I, developing the style, the process. The process. Yeah. Um, how does that uh, come about? Because the work is beautiful. Thank you and so I much. mean, you show beautiful a lot of creepy. like your sort of like roughs almost to finals. Like. Yeah. I, so the way that I draw is I can't really do the fluid straight lines, especially on digital. So I have a bit of like a scratchy kind of look which joins really small lines together. Uh -huh. And then that gives it a bit of a rough kind of feel. Um, traditionally, so on paper, I would start with pencil, sketch out a couple of poses, whatever I think looks cool. Some people doing things with their hands, a yeah. bunch of magical, you know, <laughs> someone Strange. floating. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange poses, things like that. Yeah. And then I would come back with a pen and ink that. So I use various kinds of microns, art liners. Of course. And yeah. then when I started getting into color, I started doing um, watercolor. Oh, okay. um, but I'd find that the process wasn't so natural for me because I would normally think sketch, ink, color, whereas with watercolor you have to go sketch, color, then ink, otherwise you end up smearing and smudging uh -huh. things. So a lot of my process is uh, inspired by me trying to get as close to the style of Tite Kubo, the author of Bleach, as possible, okay. but at the same time, because I, I don't have the smoothness of his lines, I try and steal things like his hatching and the way that he'd shade in characters, yeah. his camera angles for whenever I'm trying to draw comics, because yeah. um, that's ultimately what I want to do is create my own manga. Oh, All right. And where are you in that process? Like, have you started? Is it like a I have started, but it's oh. a lot more difficult than I gave it credit for. Uh, I did do a manga for a client on Upwork last year, oh, okay. and the way that that went was quite... It's quite difficult to work with people, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it is. So it's really they, nice they had a, a script that they'd written out, and they'd, in their minds they'd kind of laid out what each panel is going to be doing, but it didn't quite work, so I had to rework a lot of it myself. Oh. And at the end of it, I wasn't happy with how my art looked in that format. So a lot of my apprehension with starting is just not enjoying the look of the art when I feel like it's finished. Okay. Yeah. So currently I have a bunch of draft pages that I'm working on. I'm trying to put something together with some friends for September. Oh, nice. um, hopefully it will be done by then. But I think with um, the current inspiration that I have, I should be able to finish by then. Oh, that's amazing. I, I no, wish you the this. best of luck with this. that. Like, so be, it's such a beautiful moment also to launch it at like, yeah. one of these conventions. You know, you've got your audience like right there ready. To... Yeah. And it's going to be a big audience as well. Yes, no, it is. So you don't, so you don't, um, how do you feel about digital versus? I don't necessarily think that there should be much of a, you know, a debate, should a debate, you be huh? traditional, should you be digital? I do a bit of both. 
yeah. and the reason why I wanted to get really good at traditional was so that I could be really good at digital uh -huh. and then I realized that that's not how that works yeah. you have to start from scratch, scratch. Yeah. again yeah. so then in order to be able to replicate the things that I do traditionally it took me about three years to get to yeah. like the current stage that I am and now when I do something I do feel like I would be able to do this on paper but yeah. there's certain elements that I appreciate digital for. Yeah. Blending modes, layers, bruh. The layers are just too good. You can't go back. Yeah, exactly. It's like a whoopsie, command it. <laughs> Easy. Um, are you self-taught or did you study? Like, where, what's your background? I'm self-taught, but oh. I do want to go to school. I do want to go to school. Okay. I don't think you need okay. it. <laughs> Thank you. Why? Why do it? You don't need to go to school. <laughs> you don't need to go to school. Yeah, just, yeah. Just keep doing your thing. Thank Unless you. there's like something specific that you want to learn that you know a school can teach you. Uh, I think it's more about the credentials. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's more about the credentials. I think I struggle to to come across as a professional artist, especially in my own mind. I don't necessarily see myself as um, on the same level as everybody else yet. And what I see when people have gone to school is a kind of not just the confidence in their own style, but there's a level of, you understand that they have really good technical ability that they've honed over several years because they've been practicing things that they've been told to practice. So it helps having a kind of, this is what you should work on, this yeah. is what you need to improve, and having that kind of mentorship, having that relationship with your peers as well in the classroom, I think can help you grow a lot. So coming to Common Con is also really important for me because I get to see what everybody else is doing how everybody else is working yes. and then I get to implement that in my own work. Because yeah. it is like, I mean when you're an artist you are kind of a lone island for quite a, a lot of it and so these are the spaces where you really get to also engage, not yeah. only just look. I mean there's Instagram so obviously you can see other people's work but yeah. it's nice to see like actually yeah. talk to people and like get a sense of what they're up to. I mean, I totally understand the confidence thing. That's a big thing. Yeah, man. But I like, I just see like the quality of your work, and I could just see so good. like I'm not even Thank sure you. what like educational space you would go into where it would be celebrated. Like you just want to like I feel like you just need to spend more time yeah, crafting just and like, sharpen and sharpen and craft. Whichever parts so that you feel cool. that you want to sharpen. Yeah. Thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Have you ever thought about any other mediums like animations and stuff? Because I could love to see your characters come alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like a very short clip of somebody blinking and that took me forever. <laughs> I am so interested in animation and like learning how to animate yeah. and making things animate and move the way that I want them to move. Yeah. But I have been so focused on just getting the art to yeah. get to the standard that I want it to be at that I haven't really tapped into the part of me that wants to animate. Yeah. I mean, maybe collabs are in the in the future for you. Somebody can do the hard work of animating and you can draw like the awesome character. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure there's like new like apps that can like help you like set up like a node and then you can just like walk with them around. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Currently, um, I'm using Clip Studio Paint, and that has like 3D modelers that you can use. Oh, wow. So you can set up your poses. Oh, you can, yeah. if you're coming up with a new illustration, you have the choice to make it like an animation. Uh, you have the choice to record the time lapse as you're making it. So, yeah. Clip Studio, that's pretty cool. Clip Studio Paint, yeah. Clip Studio Paint. Is this what is this what you're doing full time or? No. Uh, 
What I'm doing full time is related, so I write articles for Game Rant uh, on their anime division. So I write, oh. uh, watch TV shows, and then like come back and review them. Uh, oh, that's okay. really that's cool. Really cool. I was gonna say because like what motivates you because it's like it's tough like when you're out there missioning like yeah. always feel like there has to be a driver yeah like. it really does and I think more than anything I love anime and cartoons and comics and I want to be able to give back to that realm but I also oh, want right. to be able to establish something here in the country where I think that we have a lot of potential for collaborations for um, uh, what, what do you call them? Anthologies. Yes. So yeah. we have multiple comics in the same magazine. Have that become like a regular staple, just like in Japan with magazines like Jump or Joker or uh, anything like like that. Like I, I do want to come back and establish something that's a lot bigger than just having my own comic or having my own style. Like it's it's about being part of the thing that part really inspired me in the first place. The thing that got me drawing at four years old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I think really a big cool. thing, and we've been talking about this actually on quite a few of our recent podcasts, is uh, how Africa is really coming into light. And like, I, I hate to say that it's a trend right now, and I hope it doesn't fade. But it, what I'm loving is just how much it's been celebrated. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, but do you feel like that's happening? Like, I do think that uh, international spaces could do a lot more work with that. But mm -hmm. in terms of the industry here ourselves yeah. like there's so many people who are working really hard to give an authentic African story in the medium that we're familiar with and I do I do feel really excited for the future because I've seen a lot of people coming out making their own comics making their own anthologies yeah. you know making their own animations and yeah. I do feel like a lot of people have gotten over that I can't do a thing and they're getting more into how do I get this done how do I get this yeah. made yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really I'm feeling optimistic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, I mean, one of the things I think is really important. Um, there's a lot of like young people around. Like I'm sure they've been coming to your stand and stuff. Like, if you had to give them any advice from like your journey or your story, like what would it be? I don't want to just say keep drawing, but. That's really important because a lot of the time people aren't really going to understand why it is you keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And even if things don't really go well for yourself, you might end up feeling dis disillusioned or discouraged. But keeping at it is really important. Consistency is so key to just getting wherever you want to be. I find myself regretting a lot of the things that I stopped halfway because okay. I feel like I could have gotten a little bit better at the thing that I'm trying to shy away from. Uh, a lot of people do feel like, I can't draw, so I'm, I'm not going to do it, I can't learn that. But the truth is, you can, and everybody can. Okay. And like, I mean, you brought it up a little bit, so I hate to, I hate to do this, but I am always fascinated by this, is because I think it's important. Like, on the times where things are not going so well, or you feel a bit disheartened, is there anything that you do to kind of lift yourself up to get yourself back on track? Um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, and <laughs> I understand that, but I get on Instagram yeah. and I just scroll through some of my favorite artists okay. and I just have a look at people who have a similar style as me, uh, celebrity artists, or people who are well-established, but also like my friends, like yeah. the people who I know around me who are really good at the things that they do. It doesn't just have to be like visual art, it can be music, it can be TV, 
um, I find myself just in those moments it's because I feel burnt out I feel tired and so okay. there are times where it is better to just take a break take a breather and just like get back to it a little later sleep on it I've found that I can start a drawing now leave it for months come back color it in and it looks amazing okay and that's um, what I did with um, one of my tote bags. There's a cream colored tote bag that I'm selling now with a character that I call gin, like the alcohol. And <laughs> yeah. um, the reason that I really enjoy that and I made that my flagship piece of merch was because it was a drawing that I'd abandoned. Oh, okay. It was a drawing that was just, it was just the line work and I thought, okay, it looks cool, don't know what to do with it, gonna leave it alone. And I found it in my files months later and I just thought, okay, uh, I think I can do something with this yeah, yeah. And I colored it in and I was happy. Oh, cool. And now it's Amazing. a tote bag. Now it's a tote bag. <laughs> Look at that. Come on. A redemption. It came through. It was resurrected. It was resurrected. It's resurrected. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, I think it's important to talk about these things because I think we all struggle with the same stuff. And the more we talk about it, like, yeah. the more we realize we're all in the same boat. We all have moments. And yeah. uh, if you keep at it, you will be as amazing as you are. Thank you so much. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> um, I don't have any other questions specifically. I mean, we, we always segment to the to the last question that we have, which is we like to give artists like a couple minutes to just praise themselves, praise themselves. and just be like have a moment to be like, hey, I'm proud of this. I think we just don't do it enough. And, I and think we don't get like the praise. Yeah. Know, like, you see the <laughs> so, is there anything that you're really proud of at the moment that you're feeling like, hey, fuck, I did that? <laughs> A compliment that I've been receiving since, I'd say last year, but since before that, um, is that my characters tend to be women, but not necessarily like the a traditional understanding of femininity uh, something that's a little bit different and also the fact that a lot of my characters are original characters they're yeah. black characters is yeah. something that isn't uh, it's not something I was always doing so I'm really happy that I, I, I got to this point yeah. where I felt like yeah I can I can draw black people I can draw black people who look cool I can draw black people the way that I want to yeah. have them seen and represented and at the same time like it's not just black people like I think in terms of different body types and the people who are able-bodied and people who are not like this a lot of room for me to grow and I'm really happy about the fact that I keep improving I just keep coming back with something that's a bit better than it was the last time yeah yeah I mean I, I love like I said I love your characters they're super so unique yeah, and, and very much and I'm, I'm very I'm very excited that Africa is being celebrated by like artists like you and yeah. So many people today. Um, I actually remembered like a question that I had um, on the topic of like your characters being unique. I noticed that there's a thing that you have with eyes. Some of like you like to play with different eye colors. There's one character that I saw um, which has like six eyes, nine eyes, I think. Six eyes, three stuck on each other. Oh yeah. Um, what do you? What does that communicate? Uh, is it? Is it something that? Is it like a is it like a like a hardcore meaning behind it, or is it just supposed to like be like unsettling for us? Um, because a lot of the characters that I'm drawing aren't they are humans, but sometimes they're not quite 100% human. There's a, an element that is otherworldly. Mm. So having people who have eyes who have eyes that have multiple 
multiple irises in them, yes. or having multiple eyes just gives off that feeling of um, this is other worlds. It's other worlds. Because you consider things that have like multiple arms, multiple eyes, multiple you know appendages as otherworldly. Mm. A lot of religions have um, depictions of gods and goddesses that have multiple appendages, yeah. multiple eyes, different forms, avatars, yeah. that kind of thing. So it also it helps sort of break the uh, monotony of drawing the same two eyes, nose and mouth every single time. Um, one of my characters is... I had a really weird experience with this and I don't know if I should talk about it because it, I'm gonna sound... Uh-oh. <laughs> like not sane, but like... Exclusive. I was having... <laughs> I was having um, weird visions of like an entity with many eyes and I was starting to get freaked out. I drew a character and then a couple of weeks later I drew the same character but the, the thing with the many eyes stopped appearing because the character that I had drawn weeks ago ate that thing. Oh whoa, okay. That's an oh. interesting storyline. So there's a part where there's a character that I have called Obsidian uh -huh. and she's got two eyes as normal but she's got like a whole otherworldly thing going on yeah. and then later there's Obsidian Argus who has eyes all over her body and yeah. you can see the, the shadow that had the many eyes is a part of her now and oh, she's wow. like almost happy because she's become herself I see. and for a while I was kind of scared of the character because I was like dude what's going on here like, <laughs> no like where is this coming from don't do that don't come out of the page yeah but ah. yeah, it's yeah, a lot of your characters have stories. Sorry, that's super interesting. Like yeah. there are these storylines that come out. Is that like something that happens with a lot of with, them? With a lot of the characters. I love um, it, some of them, most of them, just kind of I make them look the way that they look, and I just abandon that. But there is, there are a couple of characters that I've tried to create a coherent storyline for. Okay. Um, but a lot of it is nebulous. So the character on the tote bag, for instance, um, the black tote bag, is a character called Azure, and she's God but like not God in the oh. Christian sense yeah. in the universe that I'm trying to create she's an entity that's had to take over the seat of God because God defected and left heaven oh. leaving the state of balance and disarray so she's on the tote bag it's her sitting with her hand on her cheek like this and she looks kind of bored <laughs> because she's sitting on her throne looking down at humanity oh. she's bored yeah. wow okay My I mean that goodness. says a lot of things like now bored with humanity. That's fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair what enough. is humanity doing? We're busy buying things. <laughs> Sitting here at Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> buying things. Looking for the toilet. I mean, I have one last question. Sorry, yeah. but like, it sounds like this this world that you're building on, then all these characters, they belong in the same world. They're not like all separate. Is that true? Like, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Does this world have a name? Is, is it the the draft name for now is Violet, but only because I named the characters after colors to make it easy to also characterize them, okay. to also just, it gets me thinking about how to do different hairstyles, different representations of, okay. you know, and also the colors also lead into their personalities. So... This is so many layers, like, really stuff. macro. Incredible stuff, yeah. Wow, okay. Thank you so much. I love, that, I love that the characters all have different colors and like... Yeah. The main character, is Violet, is actually trying to get to the point of being Violet. So if you look at the electromagnetic spectrum, Violet is at the very end of the spectrum. So she starts off as Fusia, which is like a pinkish, purple yeah. sort of color. And as she becomes stronger and remembers who she is, she becomes Violet. She becomes Violet. Look, listen to that story. Yeah, 
I mean, Incredible these are so stuff. many reasons to go by, like, to get into your stuff, to get into and your go buy work. your yeah, stuff, you so and much. like engage with you. Like, you are such a fascinating person. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I'd love to like. Do, so, like, you're writing stories, right? Yes. I'm really. I, I, I'd love to read any of the stories that you read. I'll have something for you soon. Alright, thank you. Alright, cool. Um, Thank you so, so much. Thank you. For for giving us a moment of your time to chat about your wonderful work. Thank you so much. And your interesting mind and all the really cool ideas that you've got. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, I feel like this is you're the kind of person where we need to like sit down and like be around like I don't know like a fireplace, Fireplace. like (laughs) chilling out. Just let you go off. And like just I would just sit there just to be like. Yeah, and just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you, I really appreciate that. All right, <laughs> you can cool. kind of shy. <laughs> 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 it's all good.